0: um and yeah come back next week and every week where we throw things around (laughs) (laughs) for our big gay slum punny
1: hi everyone and welcome to chips in the night the punny gay slumber party you never had but wish you did i'm josh and it's tour season so i'm stuck between a rock and a soft place
0: Ooh, and i'm andrew and it's my birthday that's that's my whole yeah. life
1: <laughs> this will be released on your birthday if
0: you're listening to this after wednesday may 5th um you're late and you forgot my birthday yeah. you
1: andrew hates tardiness so
0: i do that's the theme of, of this whole
1: episode is don't be late, don't be late. <laughs> yeah
0: wow you're already f***ing up if you're listening to this on a Thursday
1: I was born a week late actually do you know when you were born I was
0: born exactly on time yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah you were, that would be actually like <laughs> really funny if like it was a TV show of us and it, like flashback to when we were born <laughs> like yeah. for me it's like a split screen and like the the doctor's like oh yeah Josh is gonna be born a week late <laughs> and for you it's like Andrew is surprisingly gonna be born on- well they wouldn't have known your name yet I don't know
0: <laughs> actually I didn't even have a name for the first like week or two yeah I would just boy <laughs> <laughs> um, um, no, I actually was early. No, was I early? Oh. I, I don't remember if I was early. Well, I was—I was quite young then, mm. um, so my memories are a little vague. But I—I I do remember that I was a C-section. So uh. I guess in that in that sense, I was exactly on time because there was no mistake. Because it was,
1: yeah, it was a chosen. I um, made an appointment and I showed up. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There you go. There you go. <laughs>
0: Even to my own birth, I was like, no, this is when it will happen. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Josh, I have a question. Yeah. What is this delicious substance I'm drinking?
1: Yeah, so um, I'm going to tell you... I, my, my line now is, like, I'm going to tell you uh, what we're drinking, and then I'm going to tell you why I selected it.
0: We should make people guess. That would be fun. Yeah,
1: it would be. Yeah. Um, so, I mean... This is a gay podcast, and it is tour season, and I obviously had to choose a rosé mm-hmm. um, for several reasons, actually. So this is the Arnold Roberts 2020 rosé. It's produced bl- relatively locally, I believe in Healdsburg, California, so just, you know, an hour or two away from here. And it's based on a grape called Riga Nacional. I've heard
0: of that from yeah. your Instagram. <laughs> yeah, well, the
1: thing is, is that, like, in my uh, Grapes as Signs series, um, you know, a couple weeks ago, we said that Aries was Pinotage, a very mm-hmm. chaotic grape from south africa um tariga nacional is a red grape that comes from uh, portugal and it is probably i would say portugal's most famous grape um but this grape is known for being very full-bodied and comforting i don't know if you remember this but i called it one of the gayest grapes because um it's very like full-bodied and tannic and like quote-unquote like more masculine. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't normally like to use those words anymore while describing wine, but at the same time, while being full bodied and having like these full flavors, it also has like a very floral characteristic to it. And so it kind of reminds me of, you know, of somebody who's like big and masculine, but also has like a very strong, like feminine side to them. And that's why I yeah. love this grape. Um, and although tour season is known for like very comforting grapes that you might find in port, like Touriga Nacional, um, You know, I wanted to choose something a little bit more lighthearted and fun. And so it turns out that this very, you know, full-bodied grape is being produced internationally in places like Healdsburg. And they also produce rosés from this grape. So um, it's kind of like two-toned, you know, Uh, a grape that's comforting, that's made in a more refreshing sort of springtime style.
0: I want like you to describe this wine and just like that'll be my my grinder bio. Like, <laughs> yeah. Full bodied, comforting, vaguely masculine, but not really. Yeah. From Portugal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not not all of those. I'm also not even on Grinder, so that's not. Oh yeah, that's yeah, true. So there's that. But you can. You, maybe I'll put up my LinkedIn bio yeah yeah exactly yeah <laughs> even better mind. uh vaguely masculine yeah no this is delicious i really like this one yeah
1: it's fun um and because we are this is one of the few days where we're recording this podcast on a weekend mm-hmm. afternoon rather than a week night evening so i wanted to yeah. choose not you know something not super uh and
0: Drunkening. And drunkening. Yeah. yeah so
1: this clocks in at around 11 abv so it's you know it's a nice little brunch drink
0: yeah Even though it's like 4 p.m. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fully. You know, brunch brunch is an illusion. (laughs) One of my favorite quotes from Douglas Adams um, was, um, time is an illusion, lunchtime doubly so. And so I think brunch time is like triply so.
1: That's a fun quote. Isn't that fun? Wait, what was it again? Time is an illusion and lunch is double the... I don't get what that means, though. It's, like,
0: even more of an illusion. (laughs) Like, lunchtime is, like, whenever you decide to have a sandwich.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Maybe this is a very tourist thing. But I love that luxurious, like, wake up on a Saturday morning and just, like, let me spend an hour in the kitchen making, like, delicious French toasts. You yeah. know, yeah, like, whatever. I don't just like some biscuits. Ugh, I love making, like, fresh biscuits on a Saturday morning. Ugh.
1: I love that for you. I, um, I, I love that, like, in contrast from, like, Aries to Taurus season. Like, I'm imagining another, like, split-screen moment where both of us are waking up on a Saturday. And it's like, you're doing that moment. You're making fresh biscuits. And me, it's like, what did we eat last night? What are, where are the leftovers yeah. and how quickly can I eat them?
0: And you're just like wearing your bathroom, go out to the kitchen, grab it, like go back into bed and just like, exactly. be, like eating out of the takeout container.
1: And then like we we literally used to be a roommate so it, it'll yeah. be like me hung over in bed and you like texting me on Grinder, being like, hey, there's brunch if you want any. i feel so like, true. you're the best roommate. That's I do
0: miss that. Yeah. I, I miss that like when we were roommates and like using Grinder to be like, oh is Josh awake yet? Can I make noise? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's so true. <laughs> because if he's like right then I know he's up and if not then like he's probably still passed out and I should be quiet <laughs> there well I
1: mean I also like I'm not somebody who unless I'm dying like I don't really mind noise in the morning mm-hmm. um one, one thing that we kind of did with Aries as well was like what how do you define what a Taurus is before we jump into crunch time but like for for non astrology folks, like what is Taurus mean to you? If is the ca- best. The be- yeah. If Aries is all about chaoticism, cha- that's not a word. Chaoticism, ooh, I like that. <laughs> it's that a should up. be your religion. Chaoticism. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and it's all about like you know the spark lighting the fire. What does Taurus mean?
0: I feel like um, it, the exact opposite. Mm. Taurus is about consistency, about longevity. It's about like, doing routine habits. Taurus is are sort of like can sometimes be known for being stubborn or being difficult. Um, which is true, mm. but also known for like indulgence and pleasure, and like once you find the right thing, and being like, okay, well, I'm just gonna keep doing this forever because yeah. it's good.
1: That's kind of what I, why I said like I tour season, so I'm stuck between a rock and a soft place. Because it's like exactly as you said, like yeah. it's all about being kind of like the solid. Yeah, it's like, it's an earth sign, right? Yeah. So it's like comforting and not rigid. But, like yeah, it's we can be rigid, yeah. well, it's kind of like um, maybe what you're sitting on. It's like a um it's like a an armchair, you know yeah. what I mean? It's like it has shape to it, but it's still comforting,
0: yeah, Taurus is all about comfort, all about like stability. I think um, that's sort of our our thing. It's like a long bubble bath. like that's what I think of as a a Taurus. there you go. Um, light some candles, pour some wine. It's
1: a long bubble bath that has like a clear start and an end to it. Yeah,
0: <laughs> from three fifty-seven. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, it's that. It is. It's Taurus is like a lazy Saturday, a delicious meal. Yeah, it's a scented candle. I'm just listing things I want. Now. Well, there you go, and
1: that's kind of like why I chose this wine. It's like yeah. kind of the same mood for the type of grape that it gives. It is very good, comforting. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so for crunch time, I thought we could go through some of these internet quizzes. This one's from BuzzFeed. What percent Taurus are you? If I did get anything less than 100%, I'm going to be very upset. Um, <laughs> so it's like a long list. We can just sort of like go through them and sort of like banter about them. Yeah. Um, the first one, I can be stubborn. That's a guess for me. I feel
1: like everyone's a little stubborn. So it's like... You can be stubborn. Yeah, I, yeah. I, absolutely. 100%. We
0: can both be stubborn. Yeah. Well, you're very, you're very you're very close to Taurus. I mean That's you're not like true. cusp, but you're like adjacent. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll well you get that one. Yeah. First one's free. Do you have any Taurus in your chart?
1: I don't think so. I thought like you
0: no. you must be a fire, right? You're triple fire.
1: I'm a triple fire and then I have like you know the outer planets like Venus or <laughs> Mars or whatever. Like it's either some Jupiter in there. There's uh Pisces. I don't think that there's and there's like a Scorpio Pluto or something, mm. which is like generational. But I don't think I have much Earth.
0: I'm so but sorry for that.
1: I know, me too.
0: <laughs> uh, well, I don't know why you're stubborn then. Yeah.
1: Also, stability. Who doesn't crave a little bit of stability? That's one of the things yeah. here, but it's like, I don't know.
0: I I mean, definitely, I strongly crave stru- 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 stability. Stability. <laughs> Spaghetti? Is that
1: when you like, yeah, strawberries? Okay.
0: Um, uh, I, okay, this is... Do you remember the strawberries we had last week from the farmer's market? Those were... St- Peak they were Taurus. So good.
1: Peak Taurus. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Taurus is fresh, delicious strawberries from the farmer's market. With
1: homemade whipped cream. Yeah, that's true. Whiskey infused. Whiskey, and, whiskey t- and a little bit of cinnamon.
0: God, that was good. Those were like the best snacks I've made in weeks. Yeah. Um, not months, but weeks. Uh, okay. People can always depend on me. Yeah, unfortunately.
1: I'm very dependable. Okay. One of them is I am sensual. What does it mean to be sensual? Like... Like, sexual? Or does it mean, like... No, I think uh, sensual is different. Like, sexual is, like... mm, Sensual is, like, intimate? Sensual, I guess, to me, is more, like,
0: kissing, and like, holding, (sighs) and, like... To me, sexual is, like, you kiss for a minute, and then you, like, jump into, like, doing things. Sensual is, like, you spend an hour, like, kissing every inch of their body. That's sensual to me. Uh, I don't know.
1: I'm picky when that comes to sensuality. It's a yes for me. (laughs) I'm, I'm like, a one-and-done. I don't know. Um...
0: I am not spontaneous. Yeah, I am not spontaneous. I'm working on it. I have a plan to become more spontaneous.
1: Oh, this one is you. Which one? I am usually the mom friend. Yeah, that's true. I can keep any secret.
0: Uh, uh, you, you, I feel like you're pretty good at keeping secrets. Really?
1: Yeah, I feel. I like, hope so because I've told you a lot. I, I, I feel like there are moments <laughs> where it's like I mean, you're. I would consider you probably like one of my best friends if not my best friend and like I've been like I can't tell this person secret because it's not yeah yeah
0: that's fair oh I hate sudden changes yeah that's 100% me that is like the most probably tourist
1: <laughs> yeah that's very true
0: I that I feel like that is my I don't know if it's a, I don't know if it's a flaw
1: unless it's like a sudden change of like net positive in my bank account
0: um I tend to be possessive over the people I love I wonder if I would say possessive but I, I do feel like I tend to like want relationships to last forever Uh, so I don't know if that's the same thing I tend to keep going back to people
1: for me I interpret that as like I'm not territorial but it's like if somebody like gives you a weird look at a bar you know I'm gonna be like a bulldog to them oh yeah you know yeah. what i mean
0: but, yeah that's different yeah i like, get more like uh protective yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 Yeah, you are definitely that yes you're that girl who like how dare you wrong my friend exactly yeah, yeah yeah, i feel like that's also like that's the only time i will ever like get probably not even in a physical altercation but some sort of i think it comes back to being the mom friend of, yeah like, if somebody hurts my children i will like go full mama bear very that
1: that's very like aries tourist concept yeah, i feel
0: i think so um we're the i mean we're the first ones of the uh the, it, the yeah next, exactly. so we're the we're the mom and dad that's true. Oh, or, or just the mom. Um, I would rather go out... I would rather stay at home than go out. Yeah.
1: I Ooh, I don't know about that. That's not for you. <laughs> very quickly, what does down-to-earth mean?
0: I don't know, because, like, I'm an earth sign, but I, I think down-to-earth earth. is, like, very... I don't even... What does down-to-earth mean? So... Let's Google it.
1: Just to, like... I, I know what not down-to-earth is. I feel like... Not to read my partner, but, like, I feel like he is not down-to-earth. He's, like, always well, he's living curious. in the idea... Sphere. <laughs> the idea of sphere, the cloud, yeah. Um, he lives in Dropbox, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know
0: if I practical. like practical, yeah. I think of down to earth as like practical, very like you know, focused on like the here and now, but I think it could also mean like not full of yourself. So mm-hmm. I think it, it's one of those things that has too many meanings.
1: I feel like I'm neither down to earth nor head in the clouds, I'm levitating like Dua Lipa. <laughs> That's, that's what that sounds about. Sure.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Um, I've been told I'm lazy. Yes. That I have definitely. Although I will say like Taurus lazy is, like, I think that's another like flaw that people point out with Taurus is like, can be stubborn, can be a little like angry sometimes and lazy. But I don't think it's, let's say, lazy. I think we're just misunderstood. Mm. Planning things is my passion. Ugh. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so I love planning things, but I have bad follow through. Yeah. that's my that's my moment
0: i feel like that's that's why we work well together because you have good ideas and i'm like all right well I'll, here's I'll do how to do sheets. them yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> fully. yeah. you have the idea and then i'm like all right now here's what we're gonna do about it yeah um i'm a rule follower
1: yeah i actually so, i'm yeah i could say my rule well i mean you're pretty like yeah i mean i break i break rules within the rule like you know what i mean yeah. like i'll be like is it legal to You'll go up to the line. Right, exactly. And you, like,
0: dip your toes over. Exactly. And you're like... Uh-uh. Like, oop! Mm. Oop! <laughs> Some of these feel like curly script quotes you get at, like, Marshalls. Yes.
1: Yes. Live, which, love, love. Ugh. Those are not Taurus energy. <laughs> no. I have expensive taste. The thing is, is that, like, I don't think I necessarily have expensive taste. I have, um, an ex- I have a luxurious... Sorry, I'm making this all about me, which is not the tea. Typical Aries, why? Well. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that I have expensive taste, it's that I have, like, a luxurious outlook, so it's like, yeah, I, I can, I, you know, I'll go to the thrift store and I'll, like, make a stupid oversized yeah. thing feel like, ugh. You know? You
0: wear things li- luxuriously. Right. Like even your like what is that, like HM jacket? It, yeah,
1: this like courage, the yeah.
0: Yeah. You're just like feeling you full for fantasy. Right. Yeah. Which is
1: all not just a me thing. I feel like it's a gay thing. Yeah, that's thing. a gay thing.
0: So every gay has expensive taste. I yeah. think I mean that's that's been known. That's yeah. not
1: this is not news. Um
0: I love passion Yeah, I think so. Uh, I love
1: passionately. <laughs> I am patient. Oh no, I am not. Well, depends on the situation. I can't can be i feel like but, me and you maybe have like opposite definite not definitions but opposite ways of being patient like long term i can be patient mm-hmm. no i don't know i don't know i don't know i, I don't. I, I, don't know. I think
0: for me like i i can be patient but i don't like waiting if it's like i think this is like this has been the thing in past relationships especially where i'm like okay well we're we're gonna go on a date and we'll be there at seven and we'll like go on a date mm. and then it's like it's 7.05 and he's not here you uh, go. And that's, that's my, like, impatience. Cause like, well, I, I planned for this and now I'm now like, ugh, that was like always a thing when I did But
1: what about like long-term like, patience for you? Like if, um, if you're like waiting for something to happen in the stars, you know what I mean? Like if you have faith that something good is going to happen for me in terms of patience.
0: I think I, I can be very long-term patient as long as it seems like that thing's going to happen. Okay. I think where I get, if it seems like the thing's not going to happen, then I will like stop waiting and just move like move on. Okay. I will like just switch tracks. Fair. Um. Yeah, but I feel like if there's like a greater than fifty percent chance of it happening, then I will. I can wait forever as long as it seems like it will eventually happen. Mm. Okay. So I I I guess I am long term patient. I just don't like waiting. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's not very helpful, is it? Um, I'm very compatible with Capricorns, Virgos, and Cancers. I actually don't know many Caps and Virgos. But Cancers, yes. I am 100% compatible with Cancers.
1: Yes. I don't know many Caps or Virgos either. I know a couple of Virgos. No, I know like one or two of each. But like, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know a, a good sample. Cancers, I do. I have a very strong
0: representative sample of Cancers. And I love all of them. Um, some more than others. Um, I love being the host of a dinner or party yes 100% you absolutely do I I, ugh, I love that shit gardening uh.
1: I feel like in um in quarantine I've become more of a successful plant person I mm-hmm. love checking on them every day being like you doing good you doing good I,
0: I actually do need to do a better job of my my plants I've killed one during quarantine <gasps> although to be fair um, I wasn't trying that hard And Mm. I, so I didn't realize the, the plant that I killed, I had put beneath like a heating vent and I didn't realize, yeah. So like, apparently that one in particular is very sensitive to heating vents. Got it. Um, I'm always listening to music. No, not really. I mean, I like, I like some tunes. I feel like right now I'm like always listening to podcasts Love that. because it's just like, you know, I'm taking a shower, I listen to a podcast, cooking, I listen to a podcast. And I think it's, I'm not even like listening for a lot of the time. It's just like background. (laughs) Part of me is scared
1: that you would love Clubhouse.
0: I might, actually. Which is why I, like, won't allow myself to join. (laughs) (laughs) Fair. I feel like I will do that with things where I know I would love it, but it's bad for me. Like, a lot of white girl things, like, uh, I would love to decorate my room with, like, that like, farm girl aesthetic of, like, twinkling lights everywhere and mason jars, but I don't allow myself to buy them because I know once I start, like, the fun don't stop.
1: It's different for, like, a gay person, though. Like, I feel like there's a lot of, like, crossover there, and for mm. us, it's less tacky because, I don't know. Yeah, but it's still pretty tacky. Fair? Okay, fine. And
0: I think it's also because, like, I, I know that girl. I went to I went to high school with that girl. Yeah. Ugh, I don't want to that girl, yeah. So, but I, I do know, like, I would love... I would, like, in my... I, I'm already imagining my fantasy wedding where I'm just like in a barn. Well, a clean barn. Actually, a clean barn. <laughs> a preta old barn. So it's just
1: yeah. It's just like a barn that previously housed animals but has not in the past it's years. It's just a
0: Marriott ballroom with like a ABL. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's all it is. Yeah. Mason with
1: like a like a like a square of gingham somewhere in the corner. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Ooh. I would, I would actually be In fresh that. hay. No, I think I... I don't know what my, my wedding will... If if it ever happens, I don't know what it'll look, will look like. But I think, it, no, it'll be clean. So, sorry, <laughs> sorry, white girl fantasy. It's, it's over. Um, sweatpants all day, every day.
1: It's weird because I can feel every week coming on in my life and I'm like, I give up. You know, the scale of, like, fabulosity versus... Mm-hmm comfort i'm like yeah. every day it's just comfort more and more and i'm just like oh. especially these days yeah like these shoes are ugly but they feel so good yeah i'm like oh god i'm being that person i got bad arches there you go i actually don't know if i
0: have i have arches <laughs> um i i feel like especially working from home like it's very easy to do like sweatpants every day yeah and like there are definitely are days where i'm like you know what nobody's gonna see me i'm on zoom but I do usually try every day to like get dressed, like put on like you know take a shower, put on pants. Sometimes I even wear a button up to like sit in my bedroom. But like I feel like mentally, I want that transition to be like I am wearing work clothes, I am at work, and then as soon as like five o'clock hits, I am like fully nude, yes. back in bed under the covers. Like I need that mental. I need my body to know it's at work. And yeah. I need my body to know it's not. Because otherwise, like I get stuck in work mode. That's
1: important because yeah. people don't. Um, they underestimate how that makes you mentally feel like how you know the clothes you're wearing at that time or whatever Mm -hmm. and that's why it's important even if you have like a phone interview to like wear what you would wear in an in-person interview i feel i think
0: it makes such a difference i was listening i think it was a brene brown podcast somebody And they were talking about how, like, your body experiences feelings and emotions and thoughts. And sometimes, like, intellectually you'll know something, but your body won't know it yet. Yeah. And I feel like that definitely stuck with me. Absolutely. And, like, it was in the context of, like, anxiety, I think she was talking about it. And, like, especially now when we're all, like, have been for the last year at, like, an 11 in terms of anxiety. And, like, your body doesn't know that, like, the threat is less. Or, like, it doesn't doesn't necessarily know how to interpret that. So you have to, like, tell your body... Like, no one is going to hurt you. It is fine. Calm. Whatever. Yeah. Um, which is a great thing for tourist season. You know, take a bubble bath. Go for a walk. There you go. You know. Fuck a dick. Whatever.
1: Fully support that. Whatever calms you <laughs> down.
0: <laughs> I think the rest of these are no.
1: Hey, okay, show me my results.
0: Oh my god, I'm nervous. <gasps> okay, I think I missed
1: some Because I got 40%. That is not true. Yeah, I got 40% as well. Uh, are we the same, Taurus? You check 16 out of 34. Or maybe I... I... Checked.
0: I mean, I didn't check some of these that are stupid. So I think this is not a scientific quiz.
1: No way. This is weird. I don't feel comfortable. One just says food, but I'm like, I don't, I don't check
0: that because everyone eats. That's not exciting, right? Yeah. yeah. Like who
1: says no to that?
0: Um, if you're listening a BuzzFeed, you're wrong. Hmm. <laughs> well, anyway, so. <laughs>
1: So this is the Taurus slash Andrew episode. So, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we did talk about Aerie season and it was my birthday and we talked about who I am, but tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to where you are. Ugh. Is this, are you under pressure right now?
0: I'm so under pressure. So I'm...
1: So like, Yay. let's pretend like it's a, <laughs> okay, let's <laughs> pretend it's like a Ryan Murphy, like flashback. You're a character and we're flashing back to you as a little kid. What has that journey been like from you as a little kid what inspired you to get into where you are now Mm -hmm. and i mean you were born in the midwest so like how did you end up in san francisco
0: yeah i just took a train west and here i am (laughs) (laughs) no that's not true um yes i was born in the midwest i'm originally from illinois from a little town called moline illinois home of john deere tractors and nothing else Um, and you uh, and me there we go. So two things. Um, yes, I grew up in Moline, Illinois. Um, I moved out here when I was, I don't know, probably like 24-ish, maybe we'll say. Um, originally for grad school. I uh, went to USF and almost immediately fell in love with the city. And I think when I when I applied to grad school here, it was very much like a hope and a dream. Like, like I, I did not think I would get in. I did not think I would actually come out here. I remember like a week or two before I came here having like a panic attack of being like, one i can't believe I'm about to like move across the country because like in my hometown people don't like don't usually leave i come from like a poor family we did not have like the resources for people to one go to college like i'm the first person i, I may have mentioned this in another episode but i was literally in community college with my mom, like, at the same time. Oh! Yeah, we were, like, she had gone back to school after uh, my parents got divorced, and then we, we even took a class together.
1: <laughs> I did not know that! Yeah,
0: we were in a Spanish class together.
1: That's so cute! Yeah,
0: we would, like, um, do our homework together. Um, it was really adorable, actually. And then she graduated before I did, because I think she was... Her last year was my first year, something like that. But anyway, um, yeah, so, like, nobody in my family had, like, gone to college, so, like, that was a whole new experience for
1: Whoa. me. Whoa!
0: So then I, yeah, I was, like, very anxious and, like, very nervous about coming out here because it was, like, one, it's a whole new landscape. It's a whole new world. I don't know what life is going to be like. And then, two, like, I don't know what grad school is going to be like because I don't, like, no one in my family had even graduated college, let alone even thought about grad school. So it was, like, I don't even know what this beast is. And then when I was moving out here, I was I was having a really hard time finding, like, a place to stay. So, like, even, I think, two weeks before I came out here, I didn't know where I would be. I didn't have a place to, like, sleep that night. So I was like, do I get a hostel for a few days? Like, what do I do? I was, like, talking to my school. Like, hey, can you help me out? Um, I ended up finding this place on Craigslist. And I remember it was, like, it was in the dog patch. Yeah. Which was, like, um, right by your, like, first office. Yeah. In San Francisco. And I, it was, like, a Craigslist thing. He was like, I can rent it to you by the day. Because he, it was his friend's, like, condo or something and they were in the process of selling it but they hadn't found a buyer yet and so they're like renting it out very short term while they're just like waiting for someone to buy it and so I lived there for like a week I think um but I remember I got there I like get to the place I'm unloading my bags and I I I meet the guy like at the door and he's like walking me up and as we're like this is like the first human being I've met in San Francisco and he's walking me up to the apartment and he's like walking by all the different units like oh he's gay he's gay he's gay and i was like like as we're walking by the different doors up to like the the unit where i was going to be staying and it was like
1: did he say that knowing that you were gay though
0: presumably i must have mentioned like
1: or was he just like oh yeah that person's gay
0: please fucking (laughs) yeah right like he was also gay oh okay he was also gay Um, I I may have mentioned that on the, I mean, I had, at this point I was out, but I was still like nervous about it Okay. because like being out in Malina, Illinois is very different from being out in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And so I think part of me was like, well, I, I, I can sort of leave the closeted part of me behind. Like I don't need to bring him with me to San Francisco. So I I did actively try to like cultivate a like gayer personality when I landed here. Um, but I I remember that being like, even imagining that there was a building with more than like three gay people in it was like a revelation. Right. Like that's illegal. What? Since when? Um, and yeah, I loved that moment. And then from there it was just sort of like,
1: kept getting better and better. I love that. Yeah. Okay. So another question is, so did your interest in studying gay things or like moving towards uh, you know, becoming a gay historian was that after you moved here, or was that something that was in your mind when you were still in Moline? Uh,
0: yeah, so definitely, so like academically, I I studied history in uh, college in my hometown, um, and I definitely like loved studying history, but I I never studied queer history. i studied like other history. So actually, like my specialty in undergrad and then it, at USF was um, Latin American history and studying like political violence and sort of like protest movements, and that was. Um, I mean, it was it was interesting. It was like I I loved studying that history. It was really like powerful, and I I loved that sort of version of history where it is a very much like active. Like I think people study that not because the history itself is interesting, but because you're you're like mining the past as a resource for the present. And I liked that model of history of like you know we're sort of trying to understand what happened so that we can either do better in the present or like take action to rectify the past. Mm-hmm. And I think that was that definitely shaped my the way I approach history, the way I approach, like, scholarship and, like, um, the way historians work. Um, Academically, I didn't get into gay history until much later, but I do remember, like, growing up, sitting in my room, like, late at night, just Mm -hmm. Googling, like, all sorts of, you know, random things and, like, learning about gay people in history and that being, like, such a powerful um, lesson for me of, like, you know, there were gay people in ancient Greece or there were gay people in ancient Egypt or there were gay people in, like, you know... A thousand years ago, and I think now I understand the, the problems of that narrative, but I didn't know another gay person until I was probably in my 20s. Mm-hmm. Like, I literally had never met another homosexual. I don't know why I said homosexual. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm reverting back to my, my right. 16-year-old self. Yeah, yeah. The homosexual. Um, <laughs> um, I had never met like another gay person until I was probably like in my early 20s, and so I think... The, my first gay friends were all dead by a thousand years. Mm. Like those are the people who sort of taught me how to like sort of appreciate and understand my own queerness. And so I think knowing that it made me want to study more of that. And also it made me want to like invest in making sure that those resources are continually available. One thing that is unique about queer culture is like our parents don't ever, don't usually teach that to us. Yeah. It is very rare for a queer person to have queer parents It is also very rare for like queer parents to have a queer kid like most queer people are raised by straights yeah and they don't know their history or they don't know our history yeah so like they're not going to teach it to us yeah and so i think it's really important for for those of us who who can to like educate ourselves about our history and like pass down that information not just about like ancient greece or whatever but about like the stuff happening now or the stuff happening you know a generation or two ago Mm. because we if we don't tell our stories no one else will
1: right and that's why I think it's like so fitting to kind of touch on a you know the point of this episode about Taurus and like mm-hmm. you that it's like you know one of the questions in one of those quizzes was like, "Are you like the mother of the friend group and I think that's like very you you know <laughs> yeah. you' like you're a conveyor of like this education in history, and like you work with you know you are yeah conveying all this information and in what you do
0: i I will say like i'm very I'm very blessed in like my current position like basically my my job is to like I, I worked in, like, supporting an organization that, like, preserves and shares queer history. Yeah. And, like, it's such a good... I'm very, very happy that I have that, that position. Um, yeah. It's... I'm, like, hashtag blessed.
1: Hashtag blessed. Hashtag blessed. And sometimes, too stressed to be blessed. Or is that the other one around?
0: Too dressed to be stressed?
1: Is that, too, like, a salad dressing? Yeah. Too, too yeah. dressed to be...
0: What are these croutons? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um...
1: But, okay, anyway. so um, another question um is, what do you hope for the world and what you can and how you can I- have an impact on it, if that makes sense?
0: Yeah, I think so. It's like, what's the world I want to see? Yeah. It's gonna be very like um, lame is What's the world you want? To see? <laughs> uh, <laughs> out. Um, I think so. For me, like growing up, I I was very familiar with that feeling of isolation. I feeling like, like I'm the only gay in the world. Like I'm the only person like me anywhere um and so for me like finding figures that felt familiar in history was like a very powerful way of understanding that i'm not alone and that there are there is a world there's a community there's like a whole network of people that i belong to and i think that sense of belonging was like such a powerful thing and something that i still carry with me like i still like viscerally remember you know, that feeling of like of coming into understanding of like i belong to a people i don't you know i'm not just alone gay yeah and so i think that if I have like a goal or sort of an outcome in my work, it's that that feeling is even more accessible because like I, t- for me to find that it was like using the right search terms, it was like literally going to the library and just like wandering the stacks and looking for books. Yeah. And so it wasn't, I wouldn't say it was like supremely difficult, but it was not the, it was not super easy for me to like find and understand my own history. Um, and so I think for me, it is like, it is making sure that the, Those stories and that sense of community, that sense of belonging, is easier to to access. That people have easy access to stories that tell them like they are part of a long history and a proud people, and like we have a culture and a society, and like, and I think also understanding that the world we live in is not the only one that's possible. Mm -hmm. Like there have always been queer people, and at various moments we've been like super celebrated and embraced, and those worlds are just as possible as the world we live in now. Yeah. So I think that i think that's where like the two sort of branches of history that i've studied is, like latin american history and like queer history sort of intersect is understanding that another world is possible and it has existed and it can exist again
1: mm, that's yeah that's a great way to kind of look at it and to kind of like converge you know the different things that you've studied mm-hmm. and it's like it's so true it's like as as much as we like to kind of um paint queerness or gayness as being like quote unquote part of the mainstream now there are Mm -hmm. so many stories that a lot of people don't know are there like obviously when I moved down here in 2016 I knew I was gay but like you literally bought me my first books on like Harvey Milk um, or Janet Mock and I you know had no idea that these stories existed so it's like it's so important to continue this legacy. No, maybe legacy is the wrong word but it's just like important to disseminate no, that's not the, wrong, the right word it's, it's like you know to keep telling these stories yeah. um, because we connect them we connect to them in very different ways and it's, it's so important for people to connect with them in order to like feel like your most complete and most best self as a queer person
0: mm-hmm. yeah I think so I think knowing that those that field of possibilities exist is really freeing yeah have you finished those books yet absolutely of course so um for con- you're the one person I like I've given books to that's actually read them
1: <laughs> for context um when I, I, I don't remember it's a grey area where like so you bought these books for me maybe on our first date we, we used second. to date Andrew and I used to date second date it's like a hot so, week yeah, yeah and so um you know at work I was reading this book I think it's called The Mayor of Castro Street mm-hmm. and it's all about um, Harvey Milk. And I um, i didn't know any... Like, I knew that there was a movie released mm-hmm. about him. And I remember reading the book um, after work. Just, like, I do best reading or doing um, things while, like, kind of moving around a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I love reading while walking around. Yeah. And so I was doing that, and, like, uh, a colleague who we were about to hire at the time was like, oh, what are you reading? I'm like, oh, it's about Harvey Milk. And then she's like, oh, cool. Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, she doesn't know who that is. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, I was just, like, reading it and... I remember I do this thing where it's like I love to take pictures of passages that I love mm-hmm. um, or like doggy with them. And I remember taking like a lot of pictures. And I, yeah, even just reading that first book about learning who Harvey Milk is and uh, learning how important the Castro is, mm-hmm. which is really powerful. And you don't really understand how much of that impact that gives you until you like walk down the Castro and you're like, holy shit, this is where this all happened. Yeah. It's not just a cross-section where, or, or, uh, what do you call that? A intersection between two streets where people party. Like there's like, shit happened here. Yeah. And it's like, sometimes we take that for granted and we can't let that history fade away. Mm-hmm. Um, and it will fade away if we don't continue to tell these stories.
0: I actually think that makes me think of another, I don't know if this is going to be like part of my legacy because it's not something I'm actively working towards, but it's something I think about a lot is that we, there's been a, um, a rise of gay neighborhoods or, like, queer neighborhoods over the last century, and a lot of them are fading or, are like, transitioning into, like, um, destination neighborhoods, like, where people go but not where they live. Mm. Um, so, like, in the same way, like, Japan, of San Francisco, like, not many Japanese people actually live there. Some do, but not, not many. It's mostly, like, a place where you can go to buy Japanese things. Right. Um, and I think the Castro is at risk of becoming a similar situation where it's, like, a place where gay people go... But not really a place where like gay people or like where many queer people can afford to live because it's like mm. super expensive, and I think the. There one of my concerns is like we part of understanding our history is knowing that like having a neighborhood or like a, a physical location is not just important for like tourist dollars or like to have bars we can go to, but there is a, actual a lot of like important like power and influence you have when you have like a physical space. Yeah. So like having a neighborhood that we know is ours is actually really important, and I think that's. Um Part of the reasons why queer people in San Francisco have been more visible in other cities because we've had a neighborhood that we call home that we can defend and we we know like um, anytime there's like any sort of big news event like we sort of instinctively know that like we need to go gather on Market and Castro and like get ready for a march. yeah like we know exactly where to go and I think having that is really important and that's something that I don't I don't want us to give up because yeah. I think it is, if anything, we need to expand it. Like, we need to make the Castro more accessible and more sort of um, having a broader appeal because I I think right now we are sort of in this risk of becoming a tourist destination, less so than, like, a place where people live and have actual influence. Mm -hmm. And so I think that is, um, yeah, that's an important part of... I mean, this is, like, it's not something I'm involved with at the moment, but, like, I helped to um, organize a, a... uh, create an organization that is dedicated to exactly that, to like making sure that the Castro the people who live in the Castro have a say in the, its future and is not just dictated by landlords and businesses, but like the people who live here have a a role in shaping what it's going to look like for the next 10, 20, 50, 100
1: years yeah.
0: so hopefully that works
1: yeah, fingers crossed
0: huh? Aww. oh yeah oh Oh yes, oh yes <laughs> I'm gonna do that next to Oh yes. Oh yeah. Oh, yes. Uh, agreed. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Confirmed. Confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> I concur. Aww. Um, yeah. So who is this? Who are you? Who are you speaking to in this podcast? Mm-hmm. Um, who, who are you? Who do you want this to be for? Who do you hope will listen to this? I guess is like mm-hmm. considering everything that we've talked about.
0: Um. Yeah. I think so. Like, I there are enough podcasts. Like. We could probably do without half to two thirds to seven eighths of all the podcasts that are out there. It's so, like we probably don't need another one. But I think for me, especially the last year, is sort of missing out on the that feeling of just being in the gay bar with your friends, having a good time, and like that feeling of queer joy and feeling like you're you're part of a, an exciting conversation a moment that's happening. I really miss that. And I think for me, part of the a bigger reason why I wanted to do this podcast is because I want to recreate that feeling and make it like you can still do that from home like you can like I'm imagining like when I do this podcast I'm imagining our listener is like the 14 year old version of me mm. who's just like sitting alone in his room like desperate for a queer friend and he just like turns on our podcast and is like for 45 minutes. I got some, like, my little sister time, Aww. and we're just, like, having a little kiki. Like, that's who, like, when when I'm imagining who our audience is, like, that's who, we, which maybe we should bleep more if we're our audiences <laughs> for 14-year-olds, because <laughs> we have very inconsistent bleeping. That's very true, and and it's like,
1: you know, one episode, will be like, oh, no flowers and cats, and then yeah. we'll be like, f***ing. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> um yeah so I think that's that's why I mean also because like I just love talking about this stuff and no one will listen to me when I, I try to lecture people on the street about like queer history so um. you're
1: just following people being a like, lecturer yeah it's not like do you know about our lord god it's like do you know about Harvey Milk
0: yeah it's like I'm following people on the street like you get who else walked on the street and yeah. they sorry you yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's it's literally that. I do want to share some of the history. I also I enjoy providing the historical context. I think it's interesting because it's something I think about a lot. Is like what is the background or what is the the narrative around this? Because um, I think that helps me understand like the present or like the moment we're living in. Yeah. Um, but I think the the bigger reason for me is less about the history is more just like I want to create a a place where like you know especially for like isolated queer people that they have like a couple of friends, a couple of midnight snacks they can like tune in and have a little kiki with yeah. once a week. So that's who I'm, that's like, that's who I'm podcasting for. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that's, so we've sort of covered the, quite the spectrum. Yeah. To things. Um, I'm good and drunk. <laughs> that's the, that's the episode.
1: <laughs> I'm painted with alcohol for sure with alcohol? That's not a saying. I just invented it. I like that. You know what I mean? It's like you're not sloshed. You're not like... You're, you're kind of like... It's a healthy... Like if there was a picture of me... A little you little like. Thing pour, of alcohol. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah, that's what I mean. It
0: makes sense to me. Like it, it really makes sense. Like painted with alcohol. Like I just... I feel like I know what that means. So I guess we can move into our chips on the table. Yeah. Which is where we talk about something that's bringing us joy this week. So what's something that's bringing you joy?
1: So I'm gonna cheat. No, I'm not gonna cheat. I was gonna say, oh, I love um tourist season <laughs> well tour season but also like the fact that we went out for brunch, brunch today like, yeah I was gonna say that which was fantastic and was really fun. I also brought up millions of times that I thought it was Sunday today mm-hmm. apparently that's my personality now um cause I need Jesus <laughs> just kidding well also Little Miss X has been stuck in my head all day mm. and my whole just kidding mm. um i don't know where i'm going with this i um okay so my partner has a week and a half off so we are as i kind of mentioned at brunch we're going to travel a little bit to yosemite and hopefully it'll be a good time so i'm looking forward to that okay so what is that your chips on the table
0: so i'm almost reading this book called how to write an autobiographical novel by alexander chi and a couple of different people recommended it to me i don't think i've mentioned it on the podcast yet but um yeah it's just a really good it's a collection of essays and yeah, I'm just really enjoying reading it. He's a beautiful writer. It's, a, it's different than something I've read before, which is kind of nice. I think I've been trying, especially this year, I want to, I sort of developed like a loose syllabus for myself of like, I want to learn more about these subjects. And this was kind of a wild card that I threw on there, partly because the cover looked interesting and because like multiple people recommended it. So I was like, well, I'll try it out. And yeah, I'm, I'm just really enjoying reading it. He has a beautiful way of phrasing things. You know when you read a book and you have those moments where you just need like, to sit with it for a while? Mm-hmm. It's giving me lots of those moments. And I yeah. really enjoy those moments of just like reading a book and then I sit and stare at a window for 45 minutes. And I'm just sort of like letting the book wash over me. Yeah. I feel like it's giving me lots of that, which I appreciate.
1: It's Sometimes I feel like it's rare for a book to do that multiple times in the middle. And mm-hmm. sometimes I only get that feeling at the very end. Yeah. So that's really cool how that book gets to do that to you mm-hmm. in you know, in the inter-time inter- yeah. or whatever you call it
0: yeah so i'm enjoying that
1: it's awesome
0: um that's my this is not sponsored by alexander chi but if you're listening come on the podcast um can you imagine
1: (laughs) there you go that'd be
0: hilarious um
1: great
0: all right so thank you all for joining us this has been um our deep dive into tourist season hope you're all feeling luxurious hope you're all feeling stubborn and set in your ways and
1: also learn a thing or two about andrew yeah one of our Two Midnight Snacks.
0: Who is me, by the way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so thank you all for joining and celebrating my birthday with us. If you haven't gotten me a gift, it is officially too late, but it comes again next year. So, <laughs> But also feel free to send us gifts. That's true. <laughs> Please send us gifts. Um, yeah, you know where I live. Make sure to uh, share the podcast with all of your friends. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We are on at Two Midnight Snacks. The number, not the letters. You're on Facebook at Trips in the Night Podcast or something. Come back next week and every week for the punny gay slumber party you never had, but always wished that you did. There you go. Got it right. We're getting it. We're getting it. Outro music. Outro music. outro
1: music. Boop, boop, boop. And now to Oh, it wasn't recording.